When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Parker's Pensies. This is a podcast where we explore thoughts in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. I love thinking about cool stuff, so come think with me. This is a very special episode because it's the live 100th episode. Or as uh, some of my friends have um, been calling it, the tooth episode, because it looks like tooth on on the uh, thumbnail. But nonetheless, we're not talking about teeth or pellicles or anything like that. We are talking all about Parker's Pensies, the podcast where we uh, pronounce French words like uh, American heathens. I know that it's Pensees. Uh, I had Guillaume Bignon on to tell me that. It's in my trailer. If you've watched my YouTube channel at all, I know that it's it's Pensees. I know that. But I'm, I don't speak French. I never took French. So I feel like It'd be really dumb for me to be like, welcome to Parker's Pensees. So instead, I say it the way I hear most Americans say it, which is Pensies. So I know it's grating, but just, just it's okay. You're going to get through it. We're all going to get through it. <clears throat> so uh, if you guys have questions for me, I see a couple of you are watching live. Uh, drop them in the chat, and I should be able to find those. And I'll try to answer those sporadically throughout this episode. But I wanted to take some time and talk about the past, the present, and the future. What's up with the Parker's Pensies podcast? Uh, what did I think was going to happen? What is happening? And where do I hope that things go? So I wanted to start uh, just by thanking everybody. And there's there's a lot of really cool fans, a lot of cool patrons who are supporters on Patreon, a lot of cool subscribers, a lot of cool followers, whatever they're called on all the different platforms. You guys are awesome. And I've learned a ton, uh, made a lot of friends from the podcast itself, uh, but also from the, having the guests on. And then I've had a lot of private correspondence with people who send me messages asking questions about stuff. It's really cool. That's really exciting for me because that's what I want this podcast to be all about. And I can't really believe I, I can't believe it's actually really happening. So I just want to thank you guys, reviewers, people who've left me uh, five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's been awesome as well. Uh, friends, family, well-wishers, uh, I don't know half of you, half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you, half as well as you deserve. So uh, there you go. So let's let's just jump in about like, why did I start this podcast? Um, I started to, to glorify God. That's like the christian answer that I couldn't not give. Yeah, I want to glorify God with this podcast. Well, how do I want to glorify God? Well, I think God is truth. I think all truth terminates in in God, on God, turns back on God. So the more truth that we talk about, like the more of God we're going to, God's truth we're going to experience and know. And so I want to do that. I want to glorify God by talking about his world, by talking about theology and philosophy and nature. And when I have nature in mind, usually I mean like turtles and, and frogs and stuff, but other stuff's cool too. Like black holes are part of nature. We've talked about that on the podcast. So yeah, I want to I'm going to glorify God with the podcast. Um, but also in the same vein as my blog, um, I, I want to get my thoughts out there. So it, why is it called Parker's Pensies? Well, I'm following Pascal in in Pascal's Pensees, uh, right? Uh, Pascal died, and his most famous work, I would say, is the Pensies, and that was published uh, posthumously uh, after he died. And we don't know the order. He didn't finish it. And so we're here left guessing, you know, does this go here? Was this an apologetics book? Was it a philosophy? Like, where was he going with this? He's got a lot of political philosophy going on in there. Was he like, 
anti-big government stuff like what who was he what did he believe well we don't know because he died before he could put it all together we have a really good idea about a lot like what what role did the wager play in his overall project i i don't know um because he died before he could get it out there and so when i started writing my blog i thought hey i'm, I'm a dummy i don't know a lot but i know a little bit and uh yeah so i could put my ideas out there and think uh, along the way. So I'm going to put my idea out there and it's not going to be super polished. Uh, you know, it's, it's even embarrassing that I'm just this low, lowly guy putting out my ideas, but I'm going to do it before I die. So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, no one's going to be less left wondering what I think and who cares what I think anyways, but maybe someone will. So in the same vein, uh, as my blog, I'm going to put out this podcast and I thought I need to put out my ideas. Maybe it'll be helpful for someone. So here they are. So Parker's Pensy's podcast as well. Uh, but it's turned into a different kind of podcast than I originally expected. I thought maybe it's going to be just just my thoughts, putting them out there. And then I started inviting people on. And probably because of COVID, everyone was used to streaming and using Zoom. Uh, I don't use Zoom, but something like Zoom. So all these professors were already geared up to, to start talking about their books and their ideas. And so it turned into this podcast I wanted to do called Park and Friends. I have a lot of really cool professor friends. I have even more now because of the podcast, but I, I, I know a lot of really, really cool people that I thought, man, my friends and family, like people that I know, they should know you. They should hear, they should have this conversation. I wish we just recorded this conversation and put it out there for folks. And so that's what we started doing. And I was going to call that Park and Friends, but that kind of took over the whole Parker's Pensies podcast. And now that's, that's like what I do is interview people, which is wild. So, um, I also, I also wanted to hone my skills as a conversationalist. I work as a campus uh, minister, campus missionary with uh, a, a group called Athletes in Action. And if you're going to share the gospel well, full time, like all the time, you should be good at, with conversation. And so I've been praying and working on my conversation skills. My, Yeah, I'm not as good on my own here. My, I want to be more conversant. I want to be able to talk with anyone about anything and bring all of that back to the gospel. I think that's huge. So uh, honing my skills has helped me with the podcast and then continuing on in the podcast, Lord willing is going to help me become a better evangelist and share the gospel um, better, you know, in a, in a way that, that glorifies God uh, and brings people to the cross. Like that would be huge, <clears throat> but also I like talking with my heroes. I've, there's been some people on the podcast where I never, ever, ever thought uh, they, I'd be, I get to have a chance with, uh, to talk with them. Some of them I've been email, emailing for years and they haven't got back to me until I told them, hey, look at this episode of this guy who's your friend. Uh, he came on my podcast. What's up? And then they go, oh, yeah, I'll come on. And so I'm not going to name any names, but some of my heroes have come on because I've had their friends on. And, and uh, the podcast has opened up all sorts of doors that I didn't think it was going to. But then, like I said, like I, I want to. I'm having these conversations all day, every day. I want you guys to have them as well. Like, I want you to hear what I'm hearing. And Lord willing, I can bring some stuff down that you may not understand. And I can deliver the, the top shelf cookies to you. Uh, that would be sweet. Um, I know that sometimes I don't do a great job of bringing it down. And I just go up there and I get lost too. And so I, I'm trying. And, and uh, Lord willing, in the next 100 episodes, I will, uh, I'll get better at that. <clears throat> so... I originally like started started this podcast because I'd been help uh, helping my uh, one of my professors who I am a graduate assistant for here at Trinity. I was helping him lead a intro to philosophy class for the undergrads, and I, he he was awesome. He's super generous. Uh, it's Dr. James Arcadi. He's been on the podcast. Super generous with me, asking me my input on how we should make this class, offering uh, to to let me teach for forty minutes every Wednesday. So I got to teach, and, and I proposed that we teach on the problems of philosophy. I think those are the most fun, and they they expose what you believe about the world the quickest, and it shows you you probably don't know as much about the world as you thought, you know, sh ship of Theseus type stuff. So I had uh, all these lessons that I made from scratch, which were really, really fun to work on, and I thought, hey, I can just put these out on a podcast and see where things go. And so if you look at my first couple episodes – they're all kind of ideas that I've had that I've been wrestling with myself. And then I got sucked into just interviewing all my, my heroes and stuff. 
So I'm hoping to get back to that. So if, if you guys don't like hearing my voice that much, uh, that kind of sucks because I'm, I'm looking to do some more solo episodes just on, on problems of philosophy and how I think uh, theology can help solve those problems or just problems that are still live problems for me in philosophy and theology that I have no idea how to solve, but going to toss them into your lap as well. Um, so yeah, I do. I do want to do some more solo episodes. I think I've done like ten or eleven so far out of a hundred. So uh, actually, this will be twelve. So that's cool. So yeah, I, I want to teach as I'm learning. Yeah, is that right? I want to keep learning, and I want to just bring you guys along with me as we go. I think that would be really fun, and that's the best way I know to learn. If I can't teach it to someone who's not like at my level, a lot of you guys are way past my level. But I mean, if I can't explain it to you in a way that you can understand, then I don't really know it the way I should. And this is why it's really fun working with college kids, because I can go and, like, I I wrote my master's thesis on the God-world relation and defending uh, Dr. Van Hooser's authorial analogy for the God-world relation. Like, if that's all just word salad to everyone and no one can understand it, if I can't explain it to to my college, uh, college kids, college students at Northwestern, I mean, they're pretty smart. If I can't explain it to them, I don't really know it then I'm just using all these shorthand words and I, I'm, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, in order to help me continue learning, I like to teach as I'm going along. So um, look out for that. Uh, I really hope to, to continue working on solo episodes that, that help to teach, help teach people what I've been learning. Um, another thing, someone told me this, uh, a friend of mine, I didn't really think about it this way, but he said, you're democratizing philosophy and theology. I thought that was kind of cool. It makes me feel like Robin Hood or something. Like I'm, I'm stealing from the theologically and philosophically rich and giving to the, to the poor. I don't know if that's, if that's a good analogy or not, but um, yeah, I like doing that too. That, that's been fun. So what, like what style am I trying to go for in this podcast? And I've intentionally tried to do something like Joe Rogan. I know there's probably a billion people out there who emulate him. They look at all the numbers he's got and they want to be like that. <clears throat> I'm never going to get those numbers. There's no chance that anyone wants to listen to me that much, but uh, I I do like his style. I like that. I've heard so many people on his podcast who I've wanted to hear talk. I've heard philosophers and astrophysicists, theoretical physicists, um, guys who work in AI, like all sorts of people. (laughs) These comments coming through are pretty wild. Spartan theology says, uh, Karl Marx of YouTube. Nice. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, man. Democratizing, not, not trying to give the means of production or anything like that. So, um, where, uh, so I, I kind of want to be like, like Joe Rogan, man. I like that. I, I prepare when I think, when I read theology and philosophy, sometimes I have him in mind. Hey, what would I say if I were on Rogan's podcast right now? How would I explain this to Joe Rogan and all of his listeners? I think that's that's been a really helpful way for me to learn theology as well. Sometimes I think about Ben Shapiro, and I'm like, hey, if I were on Ben Shapiro's podcast, how would I share the gospel with him? How would I, you know, uh, talk about um, the hypostatic union with Ben Shapiro, who doesn't want to believe this? And so uh, I think it's I think it's really helpful to to think through like that. So I'm, I'm when I do my interviews, I want to have a conversation like Rogan does, and I wish they were three hours long. Uh, Lord willing, we'll start. To, we'll, we'll be able to get some in-person interviews going here soon. I would love to have a three-hour conversation with some of these guys, just to let them be at ease. Uh, I I hate when I hate the idea of interviews. People uh, oftentimes tell me like, "Hey, you're really good at interviews," and I say thanks because it's nice of you guys to to encourage me. But I'm I'm trying to do conversations here. I don't want to just interview. I don't want to. Here's the ten things I'm going to ask you and. Uh, I think anybody can do that. And I think a lot of us are kind of fed up with some of those interviews because they're kind of shallow. I want to have a conversation and maybe we're splitting hairs here, but I want to talk with you and I want to ask you questions as they pop up in my head, just like Rogan does. And so that's kind of one of my big influencers. Another is Lex Friedman. I try to be like Lex in a little bit because I think he does go a little bit deeper than, than Joe Rogan, but I try to not be like Lex in that he is unbearably hard to listen to because he's so monotonous. He is such a, such a mono monotonal. He's got a monotone voice. I love, I love the guy. I wish that he would, you know, he does this for a living now. So I wish he would get some voice lessons and change that a little bit, but I have got a weird voice too. So I can't blame him too much. Uh, who else? Okay. So a third one would be um, philosophize this. If any of you guys are familiar with him, he has a philosophy um, podcast, and it's really, really good. 
he does a, probably a little bit more popular level than I do. He brings it all the way down. But when I do my solo episodes, I have him in mind. I want to be funny. I want to make you guys laugh a little bit. And I want to talk about weird stuff that makes you think like for real, not like clickbait stuff, but like, oh, is my like journal actually a horcrux? Why would I even think that? Well, there's this thing called the extended mind thesis, and it says that your mind can extend out beyond your skull. And so if that's the case, then maybe we've been making horcruxes when we journal all the time. And so just random things like this, but get you thinking, get you into some philosophical literature you'd never be exposed to. Or if you have been exposed to it, because a lot of you guys listening are philosophers or theologians, then maybe thinking about it in a new way, in a way that's everyday life. So I don't want to bring it down so much that we're cutting corners off of our philosophy and theology, but I do want to bring it down to, uh, to a way, to a point where it's on our mind when we're driving. It's on our mind when we're looking at our cameras, when we're, whatever we're doing. I, I think that philosophy and theology like, are, are practical. I, I want them to influence the way we live. And I, I talk a lot about philosophy and theology, but uh, nature and life kind of stuff is fun too. I, I love turtles and frogs. Um, life, like I love wisdom and the idea of what does it mean to be a man? That one's a huge one for me. And I do feel a lot of angst about that. Like what, what does it genuinely mean to be a man? I'm, I'm not sure on that. And I have the big stupid mustache here. Maybe this is like a coping mechanism. I lift weights, um, trying to get my neck like real thick. Like that's always, I always wanted to be Gaston. And now I come to find out like, Hey, you probably shouldn't want to be like Gaston. And, uh, nobody else really knows what it means to be a man either. And the, a lot of Christians will say, Hey, be like Jesus, but our Christian women are supposed to be like Jesus as well. And so that's another live question that I'd love to, to talk more about. Um, maybe, maybe some gender studies folks get them on here and we'll, we'll see. So um, philosophy, theology, nature, and life, I think it's pretty expansive. Like, I think it's pretty comprehensive. There's not much that doesn't fit in those categories. Um, and if they don't, I could probably stretch them to, to fit in anyways. So then uh, a last kind of like, why did I start this podcast is um, a different type of apologetics. Apologetics is defending the Christian faith, but it's broader than that too. And so I think of apologetics as defending, contending, and commending the Christian faith. So I want to defend the Christian faith against attacks. I don't do a ton of that here. Uh, I think I probably will on my YouTube channel a little bit more, S smaller clips, just, hey, here's what I think about this. But we get a lot of pretty good apologists, some very good apologists online who do a, a better job than I can or will or than I choose to. Um, but I will do a little bit of defending. There's also contending. And this is um, this is going on the attack. Hey, I think the Christian worldview can make sense of this, this, and this, and yours can't. So there's some contending going on. Uh, I think that's cool. I want to contend too. I do some contending, but a big part of the apologetics that I'm interested in, which I think uh, I want to do on this podcast is commending. I want to commend the Christian worldview and I want to look at the world as a Christian and here's what I see. And you're invited to come think along with me. Come look at the world the way I look at the world. And so defending, contending, commending, like I, I, that's the kind of apologetics I want to do. I will do a little bit of defending, a little bit of contending, but mostly it's commending. And I hope that's not squishy. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm scared. Like I will go on the attack. I will defend. I, I hopefully I'll do it jovially. Hopefully I'll do it with a smile on my face because the Christian message is too important to do it like a douche. Like I, I don't want to be a douche um, unless I can laugh about it. So that's that's the, the last kind of impetus for why I started this podcast. Now, there's been a lot of, uh, there's like the goal versus the reality. And the goal was, I thought that, uh, I thought I'd have a, a ton of like random followers. I thought I'd have a, I don't know about a ton, but I thought I'd have a lot of like lay folks who would listen. And my most vocal, like ardent supporters are philosophy and theology professors. They're the ones who share my work. Not just the ones who are on, but they're the ones who are always encouraging me and sending me private messages. I get some from the rest of you guys, but a lot of the like real strong support are from professors, and I did not see that happening at all. And it's really cool, um, but it's weird because there's not so many of them out there and less by the day. So I would like it if a lot of you other guys uh, liked, liked my, uh, my stuff. And I say guys because I've looked at the stats. You're all dudes. You're all dudes from like 26 to 35 years old. I got some of the youngers. I got some Zoomers in there. I've got some Gen Xers. I love you guys. Um, very few like boomers are listening. 
tons of millennials around my age and <clears throat> a lot of the professional ones, a lot of the ones who are just now finishing up with their dissertations. I love you guys. And so I, I love being able to speak to my people. Um, and I love the broader audience. I got some, some boomers. I got some zoomers and you guys are cool. Got some Xers. Um, you guys are super chill, but millennials get me and I get you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are here for the ride. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect there'd be so many of you. I didn't expect so many young professors and, and older professors as well. So that's been pretty cool, like a surprise uh, reality verse uh, goal. I, I got someone said they're they're okay. All right, uh, we got some lay folk in the in the chat here. Someone's uh, introverted Christian. I, maybe I shouldn't say your age, but I see it. Um, you you put it out publicly, so you're 47. So yeah, I got you. I see that hand. I see that hand there. Uh, I appreciate all you guys, man. It's it's so much fun. Another thing, another goal versus reality. I'm going to put them on blast. Um, Dr. Van Hooser, man, like you got to come on my podcast. What are you doing? I've got your book in the other room because I'm writing a paper. Once more defending one of your positions. You have to come on my podcast. I've had your uh, dissert, uh, people who've done their dissertations under you. You've been their doctor father. Like you need to come on through. Um I want to talk to you about your work. Uh, I love you. Like we, we talk in emails and stuff, but I'm putting it out publicly. All you guys who have Dr. Van Hooser's ear or his email, let him know he's got to come on the Parker's Pensies podcast. Like I've seen him on other ones since I invited him to, and he said he would come on. So I'm, I'm not going to stay salty, but I'm going to say that I was a little bit salty there for a while. Um, another thing, like I, I, I used to pray that I would be like a world-class philosopher of religion. And, um, now I thought like maybe when I'm like super old, got gray hair, like I'd start having these conversations with world-class philosophers of religion, be able to talk with them. I'm not saying that's me at all. I'm not that I'm not world-class in the slightest, but it's been crazy how many world-class theologians and philosophers have come on my podcast and said they want to come back and said they really enjoyed their time. Now they could be making it up. I don't think they are. But we've had some nice correspondence like even afterwards, and it's it's really awesome. I've really appreciated that. So that's been like mind-blowing that I've had the quality the amount of quality guests I've had on my podcast. It's been uh super, super huge. Uh what else we got here? Oh, uh yeah, like let's talk let's talk future stuff. Um I would love to make a living off of this. I would love for this to be what I do. Like I'm gonna help. I'm gonna there's a lot of other dudes who are doing this who are really good at it, but I wanna be someone who's just constantly bringing this to you. I put a poll out today on YouTube, the YouTube community. And I said, should I put out one episode a week, two or three? And most of you guys said one. And I'm like, I would put out one every day if I could. I want to just flood the airways with uh, all this stuff. It doesn't have to be Christian either. Like, um, yes, I'm a Christian and I talk with Christians. That's who I know. And that's who I love. But I've had non-Christians on. Uh, I'm not going to like probably promote like arguments against Christianity. I, I might, but I, I might have them on, but I'm not going to super support those or promote those without trying to challenge them. But I just want to flood you guys with content. I love it. And so I'm going to have to back down a little bit. I'm thinking I'll probably put out two. A lot of you guys said I should just put out one. I can't do that. That's not enough. I need to like, I need to be crushing it and, and getting them out to you guys. You can just watch one a week. That's fine. But I think I'm going to probably put out two and try to hold myself to that. I tried to do that before, but when they when they load up and I see I got five or six back there, I feel bad. I'm like, hey, I, I use this guy's time. I'm trying to get his ideas out there. So I don't want to wait two months or whatever. So we'll see. But I do have a, a Patreon uh, like channel or account or whatever where you can, you can see those episodes like the day that I record them. I put them up there. So that's a way for me to get some money, but also not feel too bad. Hey, look, I recorded with this guy and yes, it'll take three weeks for it to come out, but people can watch it today if they go and, you know, support me for five bucks or whatever. So I don't know if that's like a hum humble, uh, humble ad. I know there's humble brags. Maybe that's like a humble ad to go become a patron over there. Um, but yeah, they're like, I think through Patreon and, and YouTube and reading ads and then all my frog videos over on the other channel, like, I think it's a viable option. In, in theology and philosophy, they tell us, hey, look for a plan B. Look for a plan B. Look for a plan B. There's not a lot of professor jobs. There's not. A, I never thought I was going to be a professor. So I always thought that this is what I was going to do anyways. I came to seminary because I wanted to be better at writing my blogs, which is stupid. I know it's stupid, but I thought, hey, blogs are, are huge, and I can really influence the world through um, sharing this stuff out there. So I want to become a better blog writer. I want to be better in my theology 
and then go on to philosophy and, and share this with you guys. And it transformed into a podcast. So I'm sticking with it. This is like everyone else's plan B. It's my plan A. I always thought that I was going to do this. I, becoming a professor is my plan B. Like if I, if I become an adjunct professor somewhere in philosophy or apologetics or whatever, like that'd be awesome. I would love that, but I'm not expecting that. I don't think the job is going to be there anyways. <clears throat> uh, another thing. So why like why rush to a hundred? I've I've rushed pretty hard to a hundred episodes. Uh, I just I don't want to. I didn't want to start something and not finish it. And I felt like if I got to a hundred episodes, that's like pretty substantial. That means that I'm I'm actually a podcast. I'm not someone who started and got to twenty five and gave up or twenty five is still kind of a lot. But I thought I'm just going to power through this until I get to a hundred, and then I can kind of breathe. And my my breathing is me going down to to do episodes a week. So um, there you go. I'm going to, I'm going to look in the chat or the comments here and uh, let's see. <laughs> Somebody said that they're a lady folk. Okay. I see you there. I see you ladies. <clears throat> uh, here we go. I got a good one. So if you're listening, um, if you're just listening, you're not going to be able to see this, but writer John Buck says, are you ever going to pronounce Ponce's properly? I no, I'm, I'm not like I get, I get that you guys want me to, it's, I can't do it. You know, I am a millennial, so I do want to be authentic. And me saying like, hey, welcome to welcome back to another episode of Parker's Ponce's. It's not right. It's not natural because I don't speak French. Uh, I took Spanish. I don't, and I don't know what, what thoughts are in Spanish, but I'm, I'm never going to pronounce it right. I'm so sorry, everyone. <clears throat> uh, what else we got here? Oh, man. The same person said, this is a really good comment. <clears throat> I literally listened to four of your episodes today while cleaning. You have such great content in the backlog, man. I love that. I'm so pumped that you did that because that's great. That's why I do it. I, I definitely want to do this. Um, let's think another one here. Introverted Christian. <clears throat> if you post every single day, you should probably make shorter videos. Okay. That's a great point because I'm going to do that. Um, I am going to share some clips from the, from the episodes. I've started doing that now. I'm thinking I'll probably share a clip every day. It'll be like four minutes to like 10 minutes, but probably no longer than 10 minutes. Um, that's just, that's for you guys. I, like even if when I get monetized and all that, that's not going to make a ton of money or anything like that. That's fine. Uh, I just want you guys to have these ideas and I want to respect and honor the people who came on my podcast, gave me their time and shared their ideas. So I think I'll do two episodes a week and then uh, probably a clip on the YouTube channel every day. I mean, I have a hundred episodes to pick from and there's a lot of great ideas and all there. So I am going to be flooding you guys with that. If you are listening on uh, some kind of podcast app, like you can go over and check the, check the YouTube, just click or search Parker's Pensies and you can find all the clips and all that good stuff. So that brings me back to, to the YouTube. This is uh, back. I, I do have an outline. A lot of you guys think I don't have outlines for these. Uh, I'm just kind of, I'm a, I follow rabbits down holes, but I do have an outline that I, that I try to think through. So um, we talked a little bit about the past. We talked a little bit about the future and now we're talking about, uh, or we talked about the past and the present. Now we're going to talk about the future. Um, so let's talk about the future. Uh, I'm, I'm going to invest a lot into the YouTube channel. So the podcast is going to stay the same, going to put out two a week now. So one less, but uh, I'm, I have a lot of plans for the YouTube channel as well. So I want to do, an episode probably on Monday and probably on Thursday. But let me see in the chat if, if you guys if you guys are listening now, you guys are like my super fans. There's only like 11 of you listening. But is, is Monday and Thursday, is that good? Um, I was thinking maybe Monday and Friday, but it's really hard for me to wait that long to post because I want to listen to them too. I want to put them out and I want people to interact with them. Monday and Thursday seems, seems to be like the jam to go with, but I know some of my friends also put them out on Monday and Thursday. So I don't know. Um, I'm thinking probably one on Monday, one on Thursday, and then clips throughout the week. And then also, um, special YouTube special series. So I'm thinking like, uh, I have these categories. If you look at my homepage and I have the podcast, I have Jordan Peterson, I have a beyond order, uh, analysis that I'm doing right now, but that's going to turn into just Jordan Peterson, um, just content. So, so I'll be thinking through Peterson stuff, probably, once a week or, or, you know, once every other week, something like that. I'm not, not going to super overload everyone with that, but I've read everything Peterson's written. And I've listened to a ton of his videos. I like a lot of his stuff, uh, especially the more, the more, um, 
let's see, practical he gets. I, I really like his practical stuff. I think once he gets to his more philosophical underpinnings, it's like this is where I gotta I gotta jump off the ship. So yeah, there'll be appreciation stuff and critique from a Christian worldview, from my worldview of Jordan Peterson. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I already mentioned clips, reactions, reviews, and hot takes. So this is gonna be like, hey, I had some thoughts on this movie, and here's what I think. And it won't all be like from a Christian worldview, you know, but I'm a Christian and I have a Christian worldview. So I will be speaking out of my experience and my ideas, but uh, book reviews uh, as well. That's going to be another channel, but, or sorry, another category. So that'll be pretty good. Um, and then just hot takes like every now and then some stupid Christian does something stupid. I'm a stupid Christian as well. Lord willing, I won't do anything stupid to bring shame on my Lord and my community. But when that happens um, with other folks, Lord willing, not me, man. Pray for me. Pray that I don't I don't do anything ridiculous like that. Um, but when it happens, I, I'll give my take on that. Here's what I think. Here's what I think needs to happen. And again, this is I'm just some random dude. So don't take my word and go act on it, probably. But here's my take. <clears throat> and then also, uh, like I told you guys, I want to do I want to keep teaching as I learn. And so some of the things I want to teach on is like C.S. Lewis, Cornelius Van Til, Philip K. Dick is a, is a one I've been into for the last couple of years. I love Philip K. Dick. I think he's like this shroomed out uh, C.S. Lewis. Like, if you guys read any of his books, he's always got a philosophical theme. He's always got a theological theme. It's amazing. They're crazy. They're all over the place. But, um, yeah, I really I love Philip K. Dick, and I want to give an analysis. All the book reviews I see on YouTube are, are pretty bad. So I would like to to jump into that space and, and give you guys some good content. <clears throat> also kind of diversify the the audience. So now I'll have like people who read Philip K. Dick are all over the place and a lot of them are super weird. And I love you guys, but if I could bring them over into the fold, that'd be that'd be really fun too. <clears throat> um writer John Buck again says, <clears throat> What do you lean more towards? Classical theism or neo neoclassical theism? Man, it, it really depends on the day. Sometimes I'm like, these these like new cats do not care about history. They're fine just sloughing it all off. But then they come on my podcast and I love asking them like, hey, was this hard for you to to come through, uh, to come over to, to neoclassical theism? And they go, yeah. And then I gain all this respect for them. Um, I would say I probably lean, this is hard to say, but a little bit more towards social Trinitarianism. I think that each person of the Trinity needs a center of consciousness or they're not a person. And I know that's like, people will say that's from Descartes on, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. That's just from Descartes on. And that's not, it was relations back before that. Okay. Well, what does it mean to be a person? I think that we have to use that. And yes, I love analogy. I love thinking through analogy. Like we are, we are image bearers of God. We're not God. And and so I think that all of our thoughts about God are going to be analogical thoughts, even when it comes to persons. But I just don't understand how a person could not be a center of consciousness. So if that's social Trinitarianism, then I probably lean more there. But on the other like attributes of God, also, let me just say, like I believe in an equal ultimacy. So I think God is one person and God three persons. Not directly contradictory in that sense, but in different senses, God is, is one person and three persons. I pray to God and I pray to the Father uh, in the name of the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. I do both of those things. So we have done like entire episodes on those, but yeah, probably lean more social, which is sad for me to say, cause I used to like really rail against those guys. But, uh, I, according, like when it comes to the attributes, I think probably more classical. And I think just because of the authorial analogy, I think it can really solve a lot of the problems popping up. Um, not just popping up, but that have been there forever. Like how is God outside of time? This doesn't make any sense. Well, he's like an author and he's writing a book and then inside uh, Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> inside like the Fellowship of the Ring, there's a different time going on than Tolkien's experiencing. So I would even say, yeah, maybe time is an attribute of God or God experiences his own Trinitarian time as the persons at intra are communicating. But that's a different time than the created time. Of course, of course, that's it. So, yeah, I think I think when it comes to the attributes, I'm more classical because I think the authorial analogy bridges the gap really, really well. But I do think that each person in the Trinity has to be a, a center of consciousness. I like someone else can come on, but so far the guys who have come on, I love them, but they have not convinced me otherwise. And so maybe we need to do a whole episode on that. We'll see. <clears throat> I'll I'll follow up. That's fine. Um, 
The worry I have, so this is writer John Buck again, the worry I have for social Trinitarianism is how to ground the relational aspects of the persons, like what makes the father a father and not just the brother to the son? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you could, I don't know, you could probably play around with like eternal generation still and say, yeah, the son still, I don't like, eternal generation scares me. I get it. I get why we need it. But it does make me think like, okay, the son is generate and the father's ingenerate. It makes me think like we got some hierarchy going on here and like eternal functional subordination just kind of slips in. I, I know it doesn't, but I don't know. It's all still a, a live conversation I need to, to think through. <laughs> this is a really good one. Um, William Vincent says, Nate Lawfer converted you to internalism. Yeah, I'm dumb. Like epistemology is really hard. It's super duper duper hard. These these epistemologists, the analytic epistemologists, are so so sharp. It's unreal. Like the metaphysic, the metaphysicians I I have on, I love them. I can track with them so well. Like I know what they're talking about. It makes sense to me, even though they're way up here and I'm down here. But sometimes the epistemologists just lose me, and I'm just I'm not tracking. So I would say Nate is my friend. I love Nate. He probably has uh, converted me to internalism. I'm probably more of an internalist. Um, Jim Slagle, uh, another one of my favorite guests, he, he's like, you know, we need both. We need sometimes I'm more of this, sometimes I'm more externalist, sometimes I'm more internalist. I'm probably like like that, but it's probably because I don't know enough uh, yet. So look, looking forward to, to learning some more. But um, Tyler McNabb probably converted me to internalism on accident because we we're talking about um, <clears throat> we're talking about Neo. And if he wakes up from the matrix, like I would say he's not justified in any of his beliefs because he's been systematically deceived while he's in the matrix. And now he wakes up. Why shouldn't he think that he's still in the matrix? Oh, because it feels like reality. Well, he already felt it's, the matrix felt like reality. So yeah, I, I just would say like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's justified. I think he has a defeater for all of his beliefs. Now. I don't think he can ever think he finally made it back to base reality. And Tyler's like, no, dude, if you're an internalist or externalist, then yeah, he's justified even if he doesn't know he is and stuff. And so I, after I heard that, Nate was like, hey, bro, like uh, you lean in towards internalism now? And I'm like, I think so, because he knows me pretty well. So he knew that that, that was going to get me. So uh, I think Tyler, like unbeknownst to him, may have convinced me to be a internalist, but but we'll see. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so getting back to, uh, to teaching what I learned, uh, another category that I want to do on YouTube. Uh, intro to philosophy and intro to theology. Now, again, like I'm not a philosopher and maybe I'm playing in someone else's sandpit uh, or, or sandbox, but I'm looking to be a philosopher. Like I'm applying to programs and um, philosophy of religion programs, philosophy programs. I want to do a PhD in philosophy. It's kind of scary putting that out there because if it never happens, all you guys can have this and shove it in my face. But I, I do want to, I want to do work in philosophy um, and I want to be, a, I want to be able to call myself a philosopher. I love philosophers. I want to say that. I also love theology and I want to be a faithful philosopher who's grounded in the word. I learned Hebrew and Greek. You know, I'm not super good at it right now, but I did that in order to be a good theologian as I practiced my philosophy as well. And that was actually, that was advice from Greg Welty and James Anderson. I emailed them both individually and read some of their po uh, blog posts on the, on the matter, but I emailed them and I asked them, how do I go about this? And both of them individually um, I don't think they coordinated with each other, told me of like, you know, back in 2015 or something, we have enough philosophers who don't know theology, like go and learn theology and then come on through. And if you still want to be a philosopher after that, then do that, but go learn the languages. So I came to Ted's and I learned some languages and I learned a lot of theology and I feel like I'm pretty well grounded in what I believe. I, I believe some different stuff than I used to, nothing too crazy, but you know, I've loosened up a lot. Like I used to I don't even know what I believe about Lutherans. And now I'm like, bro, Lutherans, man, if you guys love the Bible, like, come on over. I love Lutheran. Like, I've loosened up a ton on who I thought was in and out. And um, especially because I have professors who are Lutheran who would eat my lunch on all sorts of stuff. And I've loosened up on like Johnny, Johnny Mac, John MacArthur and being dispensational. Like, yeah, I don't think dispensationalism is true, but that dude would probably eat my lunch if, if we like had to debate. And if he was like, hey, I heard you talking smack on dispensationalism, I'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I could hold my ground against them. So uh, being in seminary here with a lot of really smart people who disagree with me has been really good for my soul, really good for my ego. 
uh, and, and give me this tool of humility uh, because they would just straight up wreck me. And that is a really good feeling to know like, hey, I, yeah, I have some positions I hold really firmly and I disagree with people, but I also know that they can defend their positions. And especially when they can do it from the Bible, that's awesome. I love that. So intro to philosophy, intro to theology stuff. I'll probably get some some professors to come through and just teach like five minute episodes, um, little little micro episodes on epistemology, metaphysics, um, all sorts of stuff. You know, Christology, uh, hypostatic union, um, creator creature distinction. So maybe when I'm filming uh, episodes with them, I'll just ask them afterwards to stay and and do four or five little clips for me. A lot of them I'll do on my own. I've been studying this stuff for three years. I'll end up with like 85 credits or something here, which is insane. So yeah, I can do some of them. I I would love to do a lot of them, but I want to teach. I want to teach. I want to teach. I want to teach. So uh, I love talking about stuff that I find interesting. Uh, Book reviews. Yeah, book reviews. Um, I read a lot of books. I try to read a lot of books and I read them thoroughly. I try to take notes and I've been taking notes. I always think of it. I'm taking notes for future Parker. This isn't for me right now. This is for me when I'm writing that research paper and I'm really uh, under the gun because I never give myself enough time. Okay, well, you full, you dog-eared the pages. Sorry, everyone. Like I'm a monster. I destroy the books. And you took all these notes for future Parker to, to help his life. And so uh, I've read a lot of these books and I've read them thoroughly. And I want to share that with you guys. Um, so so I'm, now I'm writing for future Parker and for future Ponce's uh, micro episodes. So yeah, some some book reviews that'll probably help me expand uh, what I read out to more popular stuff too, which is good. Like Enlightenment Now, I've been it's been sitting over here forever, and I've been meaning to read that, but I didn't have really, I don't have time to read it, and I don't have any impetus to read it. Um, but now I do because I want to tell you guys about that book. What do I think about it? So I'll read it and I'll tell you. So book reviews will will help me read a wider swath or whatever, uh, different genres. And then, uh, oh man, that's pretty good. Uh, writer John Buck says, pint-sized pensies. That's good. Pint-sized pensies for all of you folks out there who are mad at me. <clears throat> and then uh, solo episodes. So I told you guys earlier I want to do some more solo episodes. I'm really, I really, really want to do the the Syntopicon. I don't know where they are right now. It's right here. Here's one of them. So the Syntopicon <clears throat> is uh, the great ideas of the Western tradition or the Western world. And it's from the the great the great books, the great book series, uh, which is like Britannica. Yeah. Britannica, great books. But one of my favorite thinkers, Mortimer Adler, he, this dude is awesome. Like one of the best educators ever. You can find him on YouTube. Just search Mortimer Adler. And uh, there's a couple interviews that he has just a, a genius of a man. I love this guy, but he's like popular level. Like he wants to bring philosophy down. He wrote uh, how to write a book, which is another great book that I want to review. So he's got this thing called the Syntopicon, and the Syntopicon is so good. It's like 102 of the great ideas from the Western tradition, and they are – it's like an encyclopedia of ideas. I think it's 102. Yeah, so I want to walk through that. So I want to give you guys 102 episodes on great ideas, and I want that to be full Parker's Pensies podcast episodes. So – yeah, that'll be sweet. Hopefully I can do that. I, I do. It's kind of hard for me to just do a solo episode. Maybe I'll do them live and take some questions or something. That'd be sweet. <clears throat> uh, and then I also want to, I have all these papers that I worked on in seminary and I, I wrote them. I, there's a lot of jokes and stuff I put in there trying to make my professors laugh, but you guys might like them too. So yeah, some more solo episodes from what I've worked on myself. So like I, I did a transcendental argument from inference to the best explanation, like the ability to infer to the best explanation. I did this to make one of my professors mad because he's a cumulative cumulative case guy. He wants to bring all these Christian arguments together and present them as a cumulative case. And he'd always give me a hard time for being a Vantillian because I, I love Cornelius Vantill. I'm a presuppositionalist. And um, I, I don't want to qualify it. I'm a presuppositionalist. Yeah, I'm trying to be more uh, intelligent about it, but I am what I am. But he kept on giving me a hard time for Vantill stuff. And so I thought, well, I'm going to use a transcendental argument. I'm going to van till your inference to the best explanation and show how only on a Christian worldview can we make sense of inferring to the best explanation. And so I go in through uh, an argument from, from reason, the our ability to use reason and logic at all. And then our ability, um, what else did I do? Oh, uh, uh, induction, right? So it's kind of following Greg Bonson a little bit, but in induction, the, the principle of the principle or law of induction, how that 
presupposes God and then the uh, ethics of inference that you ought to believe what's true. So I don't know if it's successful or not, but I can put it out there and you guys can tread me and then we'll see. Um, so yeah, I want to read some more of my papers and, um, and then also share my YouTube uh, appearances. I've been blowing up all over the place. I've been, been cramming myself onto other podcasts, uh, but, but doing a lot of collabs with people who I think are really cool, uh, who will bring out different, different topics and different ideas. <clears throat> so, uh, Kyperian Berean, dude, I see you everywhere. You're the best. Uh, you say any plans on getting Scott Oliphant? Maybe to talk about persuasion and apologetics rather than uh, demonstration. Yeah, maybe. Um, I had his son on, and uh, Jared's the man. I love Jared. I love going in deep with Jared. That was really fun. Um, I I want to talk about like the whole controversy with Dr. Oliphant. Like I I want to know what's up. I don't want to catch him or anything. I think that the authorial analogy can kind of get at what he was saying without, oh, doc, you know, John frame gotten in similar trouble and guys like Paul Helm, who I love, I'd love to have Paul on the podcast, Dr. Helm on the podcast as well. I just think that they're missing each other. I, I think that actually Van Hooser's authorial analogy can help bridge the gap between all these guys. So I would, I would love to have Dr. Oliphant on to talk about that. I know he doesn't want to talk about that which is sad, but I'm open to having him on. He's another guy I've learned just a ton from. I've listened to a lot of his uh, lecture series. He's got one or two that I've listened to, but then I've read all his books and I've learned a lot from him. So that would be really fun. Every now and then he he gets like, he denigrates philosophy a little bit, it seems like, but his son's a philosopher. So I'm sure I'm, I'm misreading that, you know, because his son is actually like a really good philosopher. He's going to be like, look, look for Jared often. It's, it's going to be wild. So um, I would love to have him on. I mean, I'd be if he was generous enough to come on, that would be fantastic. I'm sure we'd have a great conversation, anyways. <clears throat> um, let's see. So yeah, C.S. Lewis's argument um, it is criminally un- underrated, uh, writer John Buck. It is. I-, I think that we need to do some more work on it, and um, I know people who are doing a lot of work on it, and uh, I'm super excited about it. They're doing really, 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 really good work. And it's coming soon, but it's taking uh, a little while. I won't say who, because every time I do, uh, people flood him with emails about his dissertation. Um, hint, hint, if, if anyone can catch that. Uh, he's been on the podcast before talking about philosophy of mind. He's doing really good work, and uh, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. And he's open to transcendental arguments, so I think that maybe he can help me pitch it as one. Uh, I, I've already tried that. I think it's under review, my, my paper, so we'll see. It's probably not that great, but maybe it is. <clears throat> uh, what else we got? So, uh, yeah, I was thinking like this live is going kind of kind of well. Like I like I like seeing everyone comment and stuff. Um, someone asked earlier, "What's the favorite apologetics book?" Um, I think it was my guy Jimmy. Um, yeah, do I have a favorite apologetics book? Uh man, there's a lot. I've I've really liked a lot of them. People are gonna maybe. Su- be surprised by this but um shoot i can't think of the guy's name right now he was at rts and he was at southern seminary uh he's bald he died like early like oh ronald nash ronald nash's books are amazing i love ronald nash even though i like he wouldn't me and him wouldn't be the same uh like he's i'm a presuppositionalist he calls himself an he called himself an inductive presuppositionalist which is probably in the cumulative case camp type thing right now. Uh, that was back in like the nineties or something. So he, he didn't like Van Til very much. I think he was friendly with him, right? He wasn't like, he was he didn't hate him like Gordon Clark did or anything. And they didn't hate each other either, but they weren't as they didn't beef as much, but Nash and I would disagree on some stuff, but his books are amazing. <clears throat> I'm trying to see right now. I don't know where the book's at, but they're really cheap. So just if you search on, on Amazon for Ronald Nash, it's like reason, and faith or something faith and reason reason and faith there's like a billion books named that but but ronald nash faith and reason something like that it's a really 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 good book um introduction it's dated now but it's not that dated like you can still pick it up right now and learn he's talking about planning a still and he he treats the argument from reason really well so yeah um nash is the man i love nash faith and reason yeah faith and reason thanks introverted christian Um, where else are we going here? So yeah, like future dreams. We're, we're still in the future kind of stuff. Um, I'd like to pick up the blog again. I know not as many people, someone commented that not as many people are reading blogs more. That's okay. Cause it still helps me think through. 
So I'll I'll just read them for you guys. That, that's fine. If no one wants to listen, I'll just read them and get way more views anyways. But at least I can have a clear understanding of what I'm trying to say. And that, usually writing helps me do that and helps me think of it for, for the future anyways. So I would, I would love to pick up the blog. I don't know about the live stream. Like it's, it seems pretty fun right now. Uh, that's cool. So maybe I'll continue doing it. Maybe like once a month or something, we'll do a live stream. I can talk with you guys. You can help shape the podcast. You guys are the listeners. So I love hearing from you. Keep leaving me comments and stuff. Let me know what you like and what you, I can't say I'll change everything. Cause again, this is like a big part of it is getting my questions answered. But you guys are watching, and so if you want to see something else, just let me know, and I would love to to hear from you guys. And and this is fun because I get to directly talk with you. Um, so that'd be awesome. Oh man, yeah. Okay, Lucas. <clears throat> this is Lucas says I've joked uh, about this with you on Facebook, but asking listeners, have you talked with Greg Welty about doing an episode? I've talked with Greg Welty a lot about doing an episode. He's just he's had a lot of stuff going on, like. You could pray for him right now, actually, too. Um, I can't tell him like personally. Like, it's nothing crazy or anything, but he's just he's been he's been uh, he's been busy. I would love to get him on, uh, and I love that guy. He's so generous. Every time I ask him to come on, he's always like apologetic that he can't. He's always like, I really wish I could right now. He's a great guy. Him and James Anderson. I talk about them because I love them so much because they're like their positions match with me and they've shaped my positions. They're both just really, really genuine, awesome guys, and they love the Lord. And, uh, yeah, I talked with Dr. Welty about Schellenberg, who we went to school with, um, and just the juxtaposition with Schellen, between Schellenberg and him, who both studied under Swinburne. And Dr. Welty's over here trying to encourage people in their faith, writing, like, popular level books about the problem of evil and really helpful, helpful stuff. And Schellenberg's over here trying to squash everyone's faith with this hiddenness problem. So I just told him how much I, I love and appreciate him and he'll come on the podcast. He wants to. Um, so yeah, you guys can pray that that, that works out. Uh, pray for, you know, strength and, and uh, encouragement for him that I, I love that dude. He's just the man. Pray for all my guests. Hey, when you guys watch the, the show, like pray for him because all of them have something going on. Some of them have had to reschedule so many times and they still come on personal family stuff, you know, people dying in their lives, all this kind of stuff. So when you guys do see my, my uh, podcast episodes, pray for my guests and at, like pray that God blesses their work and their families. Actually, that would be huge. I do that with them, but it'd be so much, it'd be so cool to have way more people praying for them as well. Um, what else do we got? <clears throat> oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, have I talked about, um, have I talked about divine hiddenness? Yeah, yeah, I have. I had Mike Ray on to talk about, um, divine hiddenness and I think he probably has the best answer to it. He, that, that, that dude's awesome. Um, my webcam does this sometimes. <clears throat> Those listening, sorry, the webcam just kind of went out, but I don't understand why it does this. Um, yeah, I've, we've I've talked about that with with Mike Ray, and uh, his answer is probably the best. I'm actually about to, I need to write this paper, but I'm doing this live stream instead. I'm writing a paper on on divine hiddenness and divine neglect, and I'm defending Van Hooser's authorial analogy. And I'm going to add it to my master's thesis and Lord willing, turn that into a, a book. So this will give me 20 more pages. And so I'll, I'll talk about that one as well. Also, I'm going to have Taylor Sear on to, to kind of like quiz me or, or help me think through my master's thesis. He's already given me a bunch of thoughts on it. That dude's so awesome. So if you, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. Thanks, Chad. Um, Chad said, have you considered not being a dork? I have not considered that. Not yet, but I will. Um, Taylor Sears, the man. I love that dude. Taylor Sears would never, ever comment something so mean on my on my live stream like that. So some guests, you know, are a little bit up here and some are down here. But uh, Taylor read through it and he's going to come on the podcast. And yeah, I'm going to I'm, uh, he knows so much more about free will than I do. And he's probably forgot more about free will than I'll than I'll ever know. But he's going to help think through um the guidance control because uh, I know a little bit about guidance control enough to, I think get Van Hooser off the hook, but there's different forms of it that the Taylor will know so much better. And I think that will help all of us. So that'll be sweet. And what else do we got here? Um, current projects. I said, I told you guys online that, um, yeah, that I'll talk a little bit about that. I got three papers that I'm supposed to be writing right now that are due by Thursday. I think a couple on Friday. So I don't know. Uh, I need to do that. I, I'll be up all night doing that, but I want to talk with you guys. So uh, first up is going to be Peterson versus Planninga. And uh, that's Jordan Peterson has this, this 
I call it a ladder of abstract uh, abstraction. He's uh, abstracting, abstracting. That sounds weird now. He's got this level of abstraction, abstraction, where uh, it's like it's it's an evolutionary theory of how we got to where we are today. And I think that planning as uh, argument, evolutionary argument against naturalism can uniquely like kind of smash his and especially uh, Tom Crisp's uh, argument. So if you if you go back and watch the episode with with uh, Tom Crisp and Tyler McNabb, we talked about a particular evolutionary argument against naturalism, which focuses on metaphysical beliefs. And so I think that one will be really good against Peter's Peterson's 10 developmental stages. But I also want to develop the, the full-blown Plantingian um, skeptical threat, the, the you know full-blown world global skeptical threat. So uh, just, man, just real quick, uh, Peterson's 12, uh, 10 developmental stages. There's always a bunch of numbers with Peterson's, always you know, 10, 12 rules for life or whatever. So here are his 10 developmental stages. He's got action. Imitation, play, ritual, drama, narrative, myth, religion, philosophy, and rationality. And uh, you know, supposedly, as we evolve, the, we go through these stages, and then we also go through these stages as individuals when we're children, all the way up. But I think that uh, probably right around drama, we can start using Crisp's uh, Crisp argument, his metaphysical argument, his argument against metaphysical beliefs that. Hey, our beliefs about metaphysics, they, they wouldn't help us survive. Yeah, these other ones might help us survive. But when you get to the metaphysical level, uh, they wouldn't be aimed at truth. But they'd be aimed at, at survival beliefs. So why think any of those metaphysical beliefs that we hold are true, including this 10 developmental stage belief, like or the whole grand story of uh, naturalistic evolution? And so that's what I'm going to try to do in the next couple of days. I have all the outline and everything. Now I just got to think through and where do I put the puns? Uh, I'm also working on, I told you guys the hiddenness and neglect argument. And then the, uh, what I'm calling the elliptical path from evangelism to apologetics, to philosophy, to theology, and then back. And so that's elliptical path. Um, yeah. So, uh, Chad, you're the man, dude. I love you. Chad says just messing with you. Um, Clay Jones. Yeah. Okay. I'll think about that. I'm yeah, inviting Clay Jones on. <clears throat> awesome. So yeah, I, uh, man, I, there's so many good comments here. Um, yeah. Writer John Buck says, see his debate with Sam Harris on truth. I have seen that. And I love that one. A lot of people said that that was, um, that was really like pedantic. Uh, let's not get into semantics, you know, and semantics is, is like the study of meaning and so I think we need to get into semantics, but that was one of his best ones where he's going at Sam Harris and they're talking about truth. And Peterson is, is saying that Harris is insufficiently um, a naturalist. He's in, insufficiently Darwinian because if he was truly Darwinian, then he would, um, he would be a pragmatist. He would, he'd hold to a pragmatic theory of truth. I think Peterson's a 100% right there, but I think the pragmatic theory of truth is garbage. So I think, that Peterson should convince Sam Harris of pragmatism, and then both of them should jump ship over into correspondence theory and become full-blown Christians. Let's go. Um, so that was a really good uh, one with them. But so this elliptical path, I think when we're doing evangelism, um, you someone questions you, hey, why do you believe that? And now you're into apologetics. And now you got to think through the philosophy of, well, what's the question? How do I analyze their objection? What do I do with that objection? Okay, let me think through. Okay, now how do I actually answer it. Well, I do need to go back to my theology and what do I believe? But once I get to my theology, I need to translate that back using philosophical terms and then back into apologetics. How am I going to defend that? And then back into evangelism to, to commend the gospel again. And so I think it goes through this elliptical path. It goes up and then it comes back down. I think that's how it ought to, even if it doesn't do that. I think a lot of us don't do that. So I'm, I'm also thinking through... Yeah, what's the relation between evangelism, apologetics, philosophy, and theology? And I usually hold off until the last week, until finals week, to really write everything, but I've been thinking about it for a while. So that's uh, that's what's up. That's that's the personal work I'm working on right now. Now, I'll take the last couple minutes here and just kind of scroll through the comments and uh, and talk some more with you folks. Liz Jackson's here, everyone. Liz is the best. Liz has been on the podcast. Super pumped that she's here. Uh, she's got some wild ducks that are living on her, uh, on her property, which is super, <laughs> super exciting. She said, yay, correspondence theory. When she was on the podcast, I asked her, 
if she teaches like the different uh, different theories of truth. And she she said this year she didn't. She just taught them uh, correspondence theory, which is fine. I think that's probably okay. But I will be having um, someone come on to talk about correspondence theory of truth. What is truth in general? I'm really excited about that. That's something I would love to to work on myself. So uh, yeah, truth is huge. Uh, someone said, do you ever twirl your mustache when thinking about complex philosophical con- concepts? I actually do. It actually helps me a lot. And my wife hates it. She hates when I play with my mustache or my beard or whatever. Um, she's she's not about it at all. So I'm, I'm doing it right now. If you ever watch any of the YouTube, like you will see that um, I do it all the time. It, it definitely helps me think. Sometimes I pull them out and that's really sad because I don't know how they take a long time to grow. So I, I shouldn't be pulling them out as much as I do. Um, CS, no. Um, <clears throat> CS said, did, did you read Genesis and Early Man by, uh, it's probably Friar, F-R, uh, Seraphim Rose. No, I haven't. I don't even know how to say the name. But uh, I haven't. Maybe I, maybe I will. Check it out. <clears throat> um, oh, man, this is a good one. Look at this. Taylor Sears podcast. Uh, even as a libertarian, I like his work. I like his work too. He's the best. So I didn't know that you could, I knew that you could disagree in philosophy, like pretty, pretty heavily, but me, him and I, him and Taylor, Taylor Sear and I like agree on so much and yet we still disagree. And we're both compatibilists, semi-compatibilists, I guess even, um, but we disagree on, on some of that too. So he just brings so much clarity and fun to the conversation. I love having that dude on. I think I've probably had him on at least three times, but I'm sure he'll he'll end up coming on. We could have his hundredth episode pretty soon because that dude's gonna come on a lot. I I just love the way he thinks, and uh, he's a really really good philosopher. That's what I was saying earlier too. Like a lot of the millennial philosophers who are just getting their PhDs now, a lot of the millennial theologians who are just getting their PhD are some of the most fun people to talk with because uh, they haven't built a career yet, so they're not as nervous about saying something that would make them look silly. So they just say it. And they don't look silly because they know it because they've been studying it. So there's not a lot of pressure. And without that pressure, they're cool talking about stuff. And they end up looking like geniuses, like the geniuses they are, because they're willing to go there. And they're willing to speculate on stuff that they haven't done as much work on, but they still know fairly well. So I used to kind of begrudge being a millennial, but now I love it because you guys are helping me love being a millennial. Like You guys are awesome. All the, all the millennial scholars have been so... So great. There's not one that I've regarded having on. There's some others, older folks, um, who they're tough to talk with because they, they kind of have a, a set way of doing things. And I want to go in deeper and they don't want to go, d- whatever it is. I love my my audience and or my guests. You guys are, are awesome. But millennials are way easier to talk with. Just going to put that out there. I hope that doesn't offend too many people. Um, let's see what else. <clears throat> Okay. Um, here's here's one. Love your cast on free will, etc. Would love to see how special revelation integrates, if at all, with philosophical lingo. <clears throat> uh, then uh, you continue on. It seems special revelation always takes a backseat in those talks. Like if the Bible has anything to say about those topics, is there any way to integrate or use what it says philosophically? I actually I try to do that. So I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm just a biblicist or anything. I think we all have philosophical presuppositions we're bringing to the text. I am a presuppositionist, like I said. Sorry, everyone. But um, I try to do that. Like I, that's that's what I'm trying to do all along. I want to. I want my philosophy to be biblical. I want it to make sense with what I read in Scripture. Now, everyone wants to do that. Arminians want to do that. Calvinists want to do that. Uh, Molinists. Everyone wants to do that. I think we probably prioritize things differently. And so some, like an Arminian is going to be like, hey, I'm just trying not to make God the author of sin and evil. And a Calvinist is going to be like, hey, I'm trying to like do justice to God's sovereignty. And then a Molinist is like, oh, I'm a well, Calvinistic Arminian. Look at me. I can do both. And like, dude, no, you can't. Just get out of here. Um, but we all have different emphases that we, we have coming in. We're all trying to be biblical. I I genuinely think I'm being more biblical. Like if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't hold the position I hold anymore. I wouldn't be a Calvinist. So I'm not trying to say that like arrogantly because I don't think Calvinists can actually be arrogant. If you think you've been predestined to believe this stuff, like God, God brought me to believe this, not me. So I'm not smart. God's smart. He's awesome. 
but yeah, I, I do try to be biblical in, in my free will stuff. And that's, that's one of the points I think the Bible speaks most clearly on, you know, like, like not most clearly, but, but uh, emphasizes to a great deal. Like if you're a, if you're a philosopher and a Christian, you definitely have thoughts on free will. You know, I, I don't know if it's even possible to be a philosopher and a Christian who reads the Bible and not be concerned with free will and sovereignty or free will and foreknowledge. Like it just kind of comes with the territory because you read the Bible and you go, Oh, there's, there could be some potential problems here. So, um, awesome. You guys have been, <laughs> Rosman, you're the man precept for the win. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. Um, but all the philosophers who come on continually try to disabuse me and maybe one of these days they will, but they haven't yet. Maybe it's because I'm thick-skulled or something. <clears throat> but uh, this has been fun, you guys. This has been super fun. Um, I'd love to, to do it again. Like I said, maybe once a month or something like that, we'll do another live stream. But this has been an awesome 100th episode. I can't believe so many have, have watched. I thought no people would. So I'm I'm so pumped to see everyone here. And uh, thanks for, for giving me good questions and engaging back and forth. Uh, like I said, I think from here on out, we'll, prob- we'll probably do two episodes a week. And if that's not enough for you, I'll have like a uh, a bunch of podcast episodes that haven't been released yet over on Patreon. I would love that. Like I said, I want to do this full time uh, or part time. I, I continue working as a campus um, missionary with Athletes in Action, but I would do that anyway. So if this is full time, I can make a paycheck from it. I'll just keep doing that anyways. So uh, that would be sweet. Last comment here. Kyperian Berean says, grow the Calvinist beard, man. I had it. That's a winter thing. So in the winter, I will grow out the little chin music here and, and see how long it can go. But it's, you know, it's getting warmer here. So just just the stash. The stash has to stay because I turned myself into a, a caricature. Um, I'm just a walking billboard for my podcast now. So the stash is going to have to stay. All right. That's going to have to do it, guys. I, I have to go write all these papers I was talking about. So uh, pray for me. Actually, that would be huge. If you guys are prayers out there, please pray that I can get this done. Closing on a house as well. Graduating. There's a bunch of other stuff going on, but uh, God is good, man. He's He's really blessed me and my family and blessed me through this podcast. So thanks for being a part of it. Uh, th- we could talk about this more, but that's uh, going to have to do it for now. Uh, this has been Parker's Pensies, and as always, all glory to God.